for your voice is more than a melody. Join us in planting seeds in a growing field. <laughs> Explaining music therapy is something that is built into the title, Music Therapist. Advocacy is a big part of our role, and we often have to answer the oh-so-common question, what is music therapy? The journey to finding a balanced answer to this question takes practice and experience. Our elevator pitches are unique to our experiences, our mood on a given day, or the audience we're connecting with. It may also change over time as the profession continues to grow and as we continue to grow as therapists. In this episode, you'll hear from Haley and I, but you'll also hear submissions from our friends, family, and colleagues and how they explain music therapy. and welcome to another episode of Able Voice Podcast with Kim and Haley. Hello! In today's episode, we are going to be talking all about explaining music therapy and our different elevator pitches for how we convey what it is that we do. Dum, dum, dum. (laughs) So I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that advocacy is a huge part of what we do as music therapists. And so... Haley, why do you think it is that advocacy is such an important part of our music therapy identity, our music therapist identity? You know, there there are several reasons that come to mind. And um, I think that it's a great thing because it just means that we are wanting to grow and we're wanting to build up our profession. Mm -hmm. But I think it's such a big piece to to begin with because we are still a growing profession. And it's not something that is a household name of a profession yet. Mm -hmm. So people are unsure what it is that music therapists do. And as more and more music therapists pop up, this is naturally attached to our role because we get the question what is music therapy? Mm-hmm. And so naturally we, we have to answer that. I guess we don't have to answer that, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, most of the music therapists that I've been in contact with, you know, want to advocate for yeah. the profession and they're in it because they're so passionate about it. And I think yes. that's what makes it so special is when people get to hear us and hear the passion that mm-hmm. we have for this profession and leave from that short interaction or that long interaction, however you're coming in contact with people that you're advocating to, they can feel the passion in, 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 in the reason why we do what we do and why it's effective as a form of therapy. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I like that you said that it's kind of attached to us as we come into the profession. I do feel like it's a a responsibility of ours, especially because like you said, we're not, we're not fully that household, um, name of a therapy, which I think many of us hope that we will become that, that it, Maybe we aren't asked as often what music therapy is because people just know. Um, yeah, so I do think that's important, and I think that you're right. Most of us are passionate enough about advancing the field for, um, well, some fairly obvious reasons. <laughs> um, how often would you say you have to explain what music therapy is in your everyday life? Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know if I could tell you. I think that at least 
at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. For me, I think that's only because I'm in a lot of places that I've been for a long time working. Um, and so it's when I meet new people and they see me in the hallway and I have my guitar or my instrument cart and they're mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, this is so exciting. What are you going to do? And and I uh, feel that responsibility that you were talking about to explain what music therapy is. Um, but then also, like, in the community, when I'm just naturally talking about, hey, I'm a music therapist, and people mm-hmm. are like, what is that? <laughs> like, that meme. <laughs> yeah. What are those? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> That's what I feel like in my head now. I've had to make it kind of a, um, I've had to find the humor in that because yeah. I think the monotony of getting that question is just overwhelming sometimes. And so I, mm-hmm. I need to find the humor in that in order to, to find the passion to yeah. explain it over and over and over again. <laughs> what about- <sighs> Yeah, yeah, I I relate to that a lot. I think that sometimes when we get asked that question, I mean, it depends where we're at mentally that day or perhaps how many other times in that week we have been asked that or in that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but sometimes you're right. It can be exhausting to answer that question so many times and we need to find that uh, that passion or that relit moment if it's, um, yeah, especially if you've been asked several times and you're not sure um yeah, you're not sure where the conversation is going to go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how does it make you feel when you are having to answer that question over and over, perhaps multiple times in one yeah. day? I think it, like, it really, for me, depends on where I am at mentally that day. Some days I have woken up and I feel like I could take on the world and it excites me to answer that question back to back. Um, I mean, I feel like if I've been answering it four times in a row, that starts to dwindle. But some days I wake up and I'm like, cool, this is my moment to advocate. I feel resilient. I feel lit up. And so it's exciting to get to talk about that because I find for me my quote, elevator pitch. Um, I don't really have one that is always the same because it depends yeah. so much on who I'm talking with. Exactly. Um, yeah. And like you said, Haley, like sometimes because the, some of the facilities that I'm in, um, I've been there for a while, so I don't necessarily have that conversation as frequently as I did starting three years ago. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's say, um, a POA or a, um, a daughter or a, someone gets on the elevator and they're like, ah, oh, you've got a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it depends on that moment. If I've been asked lots of times in a day or if I'm feeling a little bit more burnt out or feeling some of those um, struggles of, ah, we're so far away from where I want to be in the field, mm-hmm. sometimes that question can be frustrating because it reinforces that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have these little moments of like, oh, my goodness, how are we still not there? Like, I feel like <laughs> I understand it so well and the people that I've spoken to understand it so well. Um but there's still there's still a ways to go at times. Um, so yeah, I think it, it varies. Sometimes I can feel that that deflated feeling, and and I also need to amp myself up, like you, um, in those contexts of okay, this is another conversation that is going to help advance the field. Yeah. Um, or sometimes I don't have the resilience and it depends on the question. Sometimes someone will say, oh yeah, you're the the music lady or the guitar lady. And I do my very best to be able to turn that into a conversation. But if I'm getting off on the next floor and I don't feel like I have the 
strength in that moment to do it justice mm-hmm. or um, or that maybe the conversation will even go somewhere because sometimes people aren't asking because they really want to know. Sometimes it's just that conversation and yeah. And yeah. And so I kind of have to pick and choose my moments that way. (laughs) That's so important. Knowing your audience (laughs) and then knowing your resilience level in that day and what you have to offer to that conversation, because first impressions are so monumental. And, um, you know, sometimes we just don't have all of the energy that it's going to take to, have that conversation with somebody. Totally. There are people who are just going to ask uh, and and want that surface level answer. And then there are other people who are going to ask and really genuinely want to know more and more and more. And then there are also people who might give us a bit of resistance. Mm-hmm. And so knowing, it's hard to know exactly what we're going to get into, but sometimes yeah. I feel like we can pick up on certain pieces of body language from people Mm -hmm. or tones of voice and, um, and kind of shape our answer around that, um, in consideration for where we're at in that day as well, which is so important. And like I said before, I, sometimes I find that piece of humor that helps Mm -hmm. me out and kind of, you know, (laughs) uh, calms me down inside, um, and helps me to, just give a basic explanation of what music therapy is. And I feel like I'm on Jeopardy and I hear that, that, you know, the theme song go in my head. Do, 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 do. Hilarious. And I'm like, okay, this is my double Jeopardy question. Um, so I'm going to ask you a double Jeopardy question, Kim. What is your music therapy pitch? Like I said, my music therapy pitch generally shifts based on who I'm talking about, um, talking with, but essentially I like to share that music therapy is a evidence-based healthcare profession in which a certified music therapist uses the elements of music and what we know about how it impacts our brains and our bodies in order to support our clients' needs. So similar to other allied healthcare professions, we will um, target goals that can be in the cognitive realm, the communicative realm. Um, Myself, I focus on mental health and wellness, uh, and we use the musical interventions in order to support our clients in that way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that was very comprehensive. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, and then I find, I mean, that gives us a little bit of a a jumping off point, depending on how someone reacts to that. If I get it, oh, that's interesting, then then I know that that's kind of all that they needed from it. Um, Sometimes they might really latch onto something, and I might get to go in a little bit more about, okay, how do I work with individuals in their mental health? What kinds of things do we do? What do we do to work on individuals' gait or um, speech or all of those different things? And then I get enthralled to have that long conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I find often when when I also am telling people, um, that music therapist can address non-musical clinical goals. Um, something that they their mind drifts toward is, oh, so you use music to help people relax. Mm-hmm. And I need to validate that because, yes, that is definitely something that we do within mm-hmm. our scope of practice. 
Well, we also do all of these other things. And so what you were saying about that jumping off point yeah. and using something that they are familiar with or something that they're offering and bringing to the table is also useful in mm-hmm. giving our elevator speech or Definitely. continuing our elevator conversation. Yes. <laughs> elevator topic. pitch to hallway conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. What about you, Haley? What would if what would your elevator pitch typically sound like? Yeah, so it's very similar to yours, actually. <laughs> and it would be some variation of music therapy is a healthcare profession offered by a certified music therapist or board certified music therapist that uses musical elements and interventions to address both musical and non-musical clinical goals, much like speech language pathologists or PTs or OTs, um, such as physical, uh, language or communication goals, social goals, and so much more. So much more. So much more. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love that so much. Also very comprehensive. And I think just that that perfect little bit of information that you could say when you're on that elevator ride or walking down the hall that gives people just a little bit more to think about. Right. And like, and like we said, maybe more of a conversation comes from that. Maybe it spurs them um, doing a little bit of research on their own. Maybe they take it or leave it. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? You know, what they do with that information is their prerogative. Absolutely. We we showed up in that moment and we showed up the best that we could. And I think that giving any information is better than not giving any information at all. Because like you said, is to continue to inspire that hope that this profession will continue to grow and elevate and Mm -hmm. become something that is familiar within the healthcare space. Yes, definitely. So those were our elevator pitches, but like we said, everyone has a slightly different spin on it because there's so much in this field that we want to touch on, right? Um, If you haven't yet figured out your elevator pitch, that's okay. It takes a little bit of trial and error or that experience. Our elevator pitches that we have built over the years based on our interactions and what we feel we connect with in the field um, and how we can advocate for it. But don't just take it from us. Mm-hmm. We have also reached out to other music therapists on social media to send us their elevator pitches about music therapy. So here's a collection of those submissions that you can listen to and draw from. Advocacy, advocacy, advocacy. When we think of our growing profession, advocacy is a hat that we need to wear often with confidence and style. And in celebration of Music Therapy Month and Music Therapy Awareness throughout the year, we have teamed up with Santina Stickerbox to create three incredible stickers for music therapists and music therapy allies. These stickers are a great addition to your coffee mugs, phone cases, laptop, guitar cases, journals, and so much more. They can even serve as a unique and extraordinary gift for your team, colleagues, family members, or a special music therapist in your life. So spread the word. They can be purchased as a bundle set, including all three designs or three of your favorite. Visit our social media pages or our websites to sneak a peek at these cool sticker designs. Links are also posted in the show notes below. The proceeds for this fundraiser will go towards supporting our small but growing team at Able Voice Podcast. Join us in our continued journey to celebrate and advocate for music therapy. 
We hope you love these designs as much as we do. Now back to the episode. So usually when I do my elevator speech, it's always like super casual. So it's not going to be like a very technical description, but I will tell them that, well, I basically use music to accomplish therapeutic goals. And if you don't know what a therapeutic goal is, it's like, for example, when I work in the nursing home, we work on connecting emotionally and socially with other people. We work on relaxation. We work on a lot of different things that they might need help with. I also work with special needs. So we work on speech goals. We work on movement goals. We work on self-expression, all those types of things. But we use music to accomplish those things. So it makes it really fun. And most of the time, you don't even know that you're doing work. It's just fun. And that's what I get to do for a living. And it's pretty cool. Music therapy is using music as a tool to support an individual's goals. Music is used clinically to work through emotional, physical, and cognitive challenges that we're faced with in our daily lives. Music therapy offers an opportunity for my clients to share their experiences and their feelings in a creative and authentic way, and often without using words. Depending on the setting that I'm working in, music might be a really great opportunity for engagement and expression, and other times it might be an opportunity to work through an experience um, or be able to communicate something that they haven't been able to in the past. Music therapy, a concept that has been used for centuries around the world that has now grown through decades of research. It can be used as a tool when emotions cannot be expressed by word, as a tool to rewire your brain after an injury, to help control heartbeat, as a tool to work on communication. I've also known it to be an incredible tool to work on human connection and social inclusion, music being an international language that crosses all borders. Music touches us in so many ways, lighting up our entire brain, because of all the ways it can be used. Whether it is listening to music, playing an instrument or singing, composing or improvising, it is a versatile tool that trained accredited professional music therapists use to positively improve health. As a physiotherapist, I see my role as using physical movement and exercise as a way to assist my clients to resume or reclaim the things that make their lives feel worthwhile. Uh, my thoughts on music therapy is that it, it's the using the medium of music to allow clients to enrich their lives in a way that makes it more meaningful. Um, both of us are looking for ways to get the best for our clients so that they feel like living matters. What exactly is music therapy? That's a great question. My first initial impression is that it's a niche form of therapy. And when I think about therapy, the two most well-known are physiotherapy, where you rehabilitate physical injuries through exercise and movements, and then you have this psychotherapy where you rehabilitate the mind by working through negative thoughts with the professional. So when I think about music therapy, I'm starting to use those two distinct areas as a backdrop. So I would say music therapy is rehabilitation, obviously, but by using music as a tool to improve one's mood or even lessen physical ailments, as listening to music it can make somebody physically feel better. I remember a quote from Bob Marley saying, 
one good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. Music is the means by which a therapist communicates with a person who may have a dementia or some other forms of psychological difficulty. The, music, the therapist uses the music to communicate and bring relief to the individual. The definition of music therapy for me is forever changing just because of how broad and big this field is, but I see it as a multifaceted sort of tool to reach all kinds of people and address things that might not be able to be addressed in other ways. Basically, I see music therapy as breaking all kinds of barriers and accessing words and feelings that may have otherwise gone unsaid and reaching people that might have in the past been unheard. What is music therapy? What is music therapy? Well, music therapy is beautiful, beautiful music that you have studied and used up our money <laughs> to gain an education which you now can use that knowledge and those skills to take it into the wider community for, for all ages and to help whatever age group you will make it appropriate to benefit so that they can, wherever they are at in their I'm in pain because I've got crap in my leg. Music would be great because I could get up and dance to and exercise. <laughs> so that's the therapy. See, I'm moving about, I'm exercising, I'm dancing, and the pain's gone. Now, if I had the music, that they would take my mind off the pain. Takes your mind off of what's a lot of things that's going on. Plus, music will reach people who psychologically other medical people just can't reach. And I love music. I can sing to it. It activates the mind, body, and soul to rejoice in it. That's therapy all by itself. I talk about you all the time. My granddaughter, my granddaughter is a music therapist. <laughs> My daughter is a music therapist, and I'd like to explain what that is. It is the use of music in a therapeutic setting to aid a patient in their recovery. This patient can be young or can be older. So music therapy to me is, well, my daughter is a music therapist, and she um, heals with music, basically, is how I see it. Um, for example, if um, a child or a young adult has got some, some uh, anxiety or stress, you know, they always listen to some music that'll relax them. Uh, if there's someone that's perhaps a little bit agitated or angry, she might give them a drum and get them to beat it out and uh, have fun with it to relax them and make them feel better. My best friend is a music therapist, and for me, 
Music is extremely therapeutic because it can enhance your mood. It can get you pumped up. It can calm you. It relieves stress. So many things like go into music therapy. Uh, it's just, it's great therapy for the soul and my opinion. Hi, my niece is a music therapist. I believe she uses her music to assist persons who are challenged with communicating and have a difficult time expressing themselves. To me, music therapy is a means of communication. It's a way for people to express themselves in a way that maybe they couldn't before or that they might have been unaware of. I think that music has the power to draw out those deep emotions um, and to give people a voice where otherwise they may not have had one. I think that music therapists are able to work with people that are unable to communicate, may have difficulties doing so, or just need a means of expressing themselves. And I think that it's something that everyone can benefit from. Music therapy is the use of music in a clinical and methodical approach to address specific health needs for clients in various populations. To add to that, I would also say it is the use of music within therapeutic relationships to work on personal, physical, and mental health goals. I think that music therapy is a great way to intentionally connect with someone in a way that they may not otherwise be able to. You know, music helps to uncover emotions and memories. And I feel that music therapy is a great way to just engage and connect. As an educator, I think that music therapy is an essential part of learning for all ages. Music alone has the ability to calm an individual, connect a group of strangers, um, and even bring a level of concentration toward a task. These are all necessary elements for learning. I think the brain actually thrives on both music and learning new things. So therefore, a combination of calm, connection, and concentration are clearly assets that music therapy offers in educational setting. I think music therapy is an opportunity for individuals to grow, express themselves, learn new things, and explore new parts of themselves all through music, um, whether that be playing instruments, whether that be singing or listening to music or different types of instruments. Um, I also think that it's a great way for children to learn different parts of words, different um, syllables. As a speech therapist, uh, definitely find that using music and therapy is a great way to kind of build expressive language, um, learn about syllables and the different parts of words. Um, and then even for adults, I think engaging in music therapy might look like reconnecting with their old songs from a psychological point of view, um, that may be something that helps them to open up and maybe talk about things that are sensitive to them or personal to them. Um, music therapy, I think, is also something that can help people with progressive diseases. So things like uh, dementia or uh, ALS, things that music can trigger 
memories and trigger um, responses in ways different than just speaking or um, you know manipulative so that's what I think music therapy is I really do think it's a great offering and something that needs to be explored more within the therapeutic world my name is Katie Johnson and I'm a recreation therapist in long-term care if I were to describe music therapy in a word it would be magical because it uses music to awaken something inside us. It has the power to transport us to other places and times or to orient us to the present. It can calm and soothe us or energize and excite us. It can help us to unpack an unpleasant time in our life and mourn our losses, or it can help us remember happier times and celebrate life's magic. It can provide us with individualized attention or it can help connect us to others. It can bring a smile to someone who needs it or a tear to those who need to release one. In short, music therapy is just what we need when we need it. Hello, Haley and Kim and wonderful Able Voice podcast listeners. This is Trisha from the Music Therapy Chronicles, and I am obviously going to give you my elevator speech or my music therapy pitch today. Uh, I love this idea that Haley and Kim are doing uh, so much so that I actually ask this question in my rapid fire questions on my show. So if you don't listen to Music Therapy Chronicles, um, I do rapid fire at the end of the show. And this is one of the questions I ask because I am fascinated by all the different ways people explain music therapy. And I love hearing what they say and why they say it. So I'm excited to hear uh, this episode come out and what the other people have have stated as their music therapy pitches or elevator speeches. So mine, even after hearing so many uh, on my own show, mine hasn't really changed. I'm not sure what that says about me, <laughs> but it would go something like this. So you know how if someone has a block in an artery, they would have a bypass surgery to go around that block? Well, that's what we do in the brain with music. Since music stimulates so many different areas of the brain, when there is a block, we are able to use music to create a bypass around that block through all these other stimulated areas. I find that the concept of a bypass surgery or an open heart surgery is fairly common for people, so that creates a medical model that they can easily attach to and perceive. And so then transferring that to the brain makes that leap a little more tangible for most people. And I use my hands a lot when I talk. So when I'm talking about the heart, I would be, you know, have one hand on my chest and the other moving around it to show this block. And then I would do that same motion with one hand on my head and my other hand moving around it to show a block uh, when I give this explanation. So I hope you enjoyed my music therapy explanation um, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you so much to Haley and Kim for all you do and for putting this episode together. As I said, I'm really excited to hear all the other answers. 
It's so wonderful to listen to all of the ways that music therapists are advocating for this profession. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, the elevator pitches that we hear or that we use develop depending on how we feel in that particular moment, who we're talking to, who our audience is. And so we challenge you, if you're somebody who hasn't thought about your elevator pitch or is still developing that and what it sounds like or becoming comfortable with using that, um, write it out, uh, you know, let us know in the comments what your what your elevator speech is looking like, and and we'd love to hear from you. So uh, always, always, always feel free to connect with Kim and myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, keep that hope alive. Keep the profession moving forward um, and using your voice to make that happen and to make connections and relationships with other people. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Able Voice Podcast. If you want to find more content like this, please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at MTA Haley and at MTA.Kimberly to get notified when new episodes become available. What do you think music therapy is? I need to think about it. <laughs>